If Penn State wants a legitimate shot at beating Ohio State and Michigan, they're going to have to improve these three things coming out of the bye week. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Download the Game Time app. Use promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Become an everyday or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Penn State's got to improve. Three things coming out of the bye week. I'm going to limit the list to three. There's also a few things I would like to see them add to the game plan moving forward in this season to just make things a little more fun and interesting. But let me know in the comments. Be a part of this conversation. Let me know what you think Penn State absolutely needs to improve. A Your checklist down in the comments of how Penn State football can be better for the rest of the regular season. And then ultimately, right, the college football playoff, the Big Ten Championship, but Penn State has at least three things here that are you need to get the you need to check these off. You need to improve this no matter what. And it starts with the ground game. OK, for Penn State, the, the ground game, improving that inside zone, improving the interior of the offensive line is kind of a one A one B here. But it is ultimately getting the most out of that ground game here with without a reliable running attack this offense will end up holding Penn State back rather than moving them forward. I mean, Nicholas Singleton averaging 3.8 yards per carry uh, is just downright criminal, if I'm being honest. The fact that he hasn't had those explosive runs yet is just, it's pretty telling. Now, this is not a knock on pass protection because pass pro has been exceptional from Olu Fashion at Caden Wallace and everyone in between. Pass protection has been very good, but I think the the middle ground game, up the middle, inside zone, is what everyone has been rightfully critiquing here. Pass protection's been great. Even the outside zone runs have been pretty good, but inside zone, not so much. It's been really horrible to this point. And here's why we're seeing a drop-off from the ground game compared to a season ago, because Nicholas Singleton, as a true freshman, Katron Allen, as true freshmen, were having such explosive plays now they're veterans in the system and they're not getting that same kind of production. So really what gives the first part of this? And it's unfortunate because he had to retire medically. Landon Tangwall uh, really provided that impact that we're missing as the starting. Le- he would have been the starting left guard and he was an exceptional run blocker. He was also a motivational, emotional leader. So you're losing multiple elements here in what Landon Tangwall was essentially would have been that captain of the offensive line, that leader of the group to be able to keep everybody in line. And you lose that element plus the skill that he actually provided on the football field as a run blocker. So though that unaccounted element of him being a leader, I think is very important, but you lose that presence of Landon Tangwell, whether you want to define him as a leader or as an actual football player at that left guard spot. Hunter Norzad, I don't want to criticize him too much because I do think he's a quality offensive lineman, but he has never played center at this point in his career. He had some reps last season, but this is his his first full season at the position in college football. He may be Penn State's best option, and I believe that, but it also doesn't mean we can't criticize his inexperience at at the position as well. So uh, he and Olu Fashionu, 
are the smartest offensive linemen on the team, period. Okay. They're veterans. They've been, and now Olu Fashion was as talented as he is and as, as intelligent as he is. But Hunter Norzad has played a lot of college football in his time. He's getting his master's degree. A very, very smart person. And you have to be able to make those reads and adjustments at the center position. So I want my center as a, as a football coach to be the smartest player on the football team. So yes, Hunter Norzad is the best center, but would Penn State possibly get some more value out of this if they considered him moving back to left guard? Because that is where he played a lot of last season with Landon Tangwall not being healthy last season as well. They moved Hunter Norzad over to left guard. He was essentially that co-starter. Do you consider moving Norzad to left guard with the injury to J.B. Nelson? Do you trust Venga Yuane still? And then have Nick Dawkins slide into center. It seems like Penn State believes the best front three there for the interior offensive lineman, Sal Wormley, Hunter Norzad, and some combination of J.B. Nelson, Venga Yuane. But maybe you consider moving Norzad back to left guard and Nick Dawkins back in at center because Dawkins is a natural center. And then you still get to keep Norzad's intelligence on the interior of the offensive line and his and his skill. He's a very, very good blocker. Uh, and that leads me to the next thing here. The chemistry between the three interior offensive linemen. This is the first time that any of them have played together. Okay, chemistry matters along the offensive line. When guys are constantly rotating in and out, you don't have that same productivity out of your front five in general. So when you have Norzat playing center for the first time, Sal Wormley has been a consistent starter for the past two seasons and was going to start two years ago in 2021, but had an unknown injury, right? He was held out for the entirety of the season. Yet you have him, you have Hunter Norzat playing for the first time, and then now this rotation of J.B. Nelson and Vanga, you want it. And for Penn State, it is about establishing that. And I know people have pushed back on that a little bit, that idea that, well, they should have all the chemistry in the world. You don't truly build the chemistry until you actually play in the games because then you figure out what you need to work on. You chip away and you chip away at it in practice, but that's only pennies to the dollar, okay? For Penn State, you and any football team, you need to figure out what actually works in live games, not in practice scrimmages against an actual opponent that is trying to make your day miserable. Is what it, but chemistry does matter. The guys have not played together this season. Nelson, Norzad, Wormley, and how long is Nelson going to be out? So then you throw back in Vanga Yuane, and Vanga has shown all the potential in the world, but it's still being able to get these guys in sync as well. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Also, what we're seeing when it comes to the interior run game, I, I brought this up. The everydayers will remember this. Juice Scruggs is a lot better of a center than people are giving him credit for. The Houston Texans believed he was a second-round pick. Now, unfortunately, he is injured, but he was slated to start coming out of training camp for the Texans. NFL scouts believed he was a second-round pick. I don't think people at the college level watching him play gave him enough credit. Now, here are a couple other reasons that we've figured out why the ground game hasn't been as successful here. 
the tight end and the wide receiver blocking have taken a step back. Okay, Brenton Strange, like Juice Scruggs, I think was extremely underrated. Brenton Strange arguably might have been the best run blocking tight, the best blocking tight end period in this past draft class. So Penn State has had to replace that with more, more production from Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren. And as run blockers, Johnson and Warren are okay. They're not great. They're not good. They're okay. They're serviceable. But that's why Brenton Strange was on the football field a lot because of the he was able to do everything for them. Block, catch passes, be, be an X factor in so many phases of the game. And for Warren and Johnson, they're great pass catchers. They're exceptional pass catchers. But when it comes to blocking, they're, uh, they're okay. And that's just the fact of the matter. And then the same thing for the wide receivers. I think people don't give enough credit to Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley for what they were able to do a season ago. And size does matter. Parker Washington, yes, at five foot 10 is also 210 pounds. When I say size matters, I'm talking about weight here. For Penn State's wide receivers, for Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington, they were 200 plus pounds respectively. A lot of the guys that are taking the football field, like Dante Cephas and Keandre Lambert-Smith, they're closer to 190 pounds. Yes, that 10 to 20 pounds does matter when it comes to blocking on the outside. So for Penn State, yes, they have taken a step back in terms of run blocking overall with the losses of Scruggs, Brenton Strange, and not being able to replace that production with current players. And, And all of that does add up. These are all the pieces to the puzzle of why the interior ground game uh, isn't better, even though it it should be. It really should be. But this is what the bye week is for to specifically work on these things because you're not preparing for an opponent. You got to be able to get six, seven, eight yards on on first down, especially against teams like Ohio State and Michigan, because those opportunities are going to be few and far in between. Now, another thing that Penn State definitely needs to work on here is establishing Dante Cephas in the offense, in the passing game. We've seen him kind of rotate in with wide receivers. Trey Wallace has been banged up, but Dante Cephas is the key. Dante Cephas is the key. It's not Malik McLean. It's not Liam Clifford. It's not Amari Evans. Those guys are good, right? Okay, I understand you want them to be able to contribute, but for this passing attack to go to the next level, Penn State's got to factor in Cephas into the game plan more. Passing game needs more respect. That's why defenses are able to stop the inside ground game because there isn't that balance. Okay, Nicholas Singleton averaging under four yards per carry is because defenses are stacking the box. They're only playing single high safety. They're devoting more attention to the run game because Penn State isn't exactly airing it out. Now, against West Virginia, they did. I get that. But part of the lack of the success in the ground game is scheme. Teams are planning for the run because they respect Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. They don't exactly respect this passing attack right now, okay? You'll get away with it against West Virginia. You won't get away with it against Ohio State and Michigan, okay? Illinois and Northwestern gave Penn State fits in the passing attack. They did, whether that was Penn State's lack of communication, but not all the plays were there. They weren't moving the football down the field. It took defense to help them out. And like I said, you can get away with it against those kinds of opponents. Dante Cephas is a good receiver. Top 10 wide receiver rated in the transfer portal. Sought after by many schools. First team all-MAC conference. You can see Cephas' talent on display. He's getting open. He's creating separation from defensive backs. But he's not finishing 
Cephas has really good breakaway speed and agility. He's, that's why he's getting open, okay? That's the obvious point. Running, route running is one of his best attributes. But where he's lacking is his reliability with his hands. Case of the drops, that was on display against Northwestern. Communication and knowledge of the offense. I, I, I think people are being a little too harsh when they say, well, Dante Cephas and Drew Aller should be totally in sync by now. There's no excuse. These guys have only played football together, meaningful football together. For maybe four months, Dante Cephas transferred in in June. It's not like he came in early in January. He wasn't an early, he wasn't, he didn't transfer in for the spring semester. He came in for the summer session. That's very difficult to learn a completely new playbook. Mike Yurcich's offense is not simple. And he's coming from Kent State to Penn State, going from MAC Conference to the Big Ten. Okay, that, that's, that takes time. And, and Drew Aller is a very cerebral quarterback, so he's going to demand a lot out of you a, as a pass catcher. The bye week helps with all of this. If there's anything that is going to be the most correctable during the bye week, it is something like this because you're not game planning for an opponent. You get the opportunity to work on the little things because there isn't that, okay, what's our game plan? What are the X's and O's? It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's Delaware. I don't care if it's UMass. I don't care if it's Ohio State, Michigan. You're not game planning for an opponent this week. So now this is where teams turn a corner at the bye week. I'll give a brief example because I got one more thing that Penn State needs to make sure they accomplish coming out of the bye week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when they won the Super Bowl, Tom Brady in his first season with the team, they did not look good through the first, what, 12 games? And they had a late bye week in the season. And then they became a completely different team. And Tom Brady, I've watched the, that documentary, The Man in the Arena, very interesting, and I highly recommend. But Brady made it very clear that the bye week late in the season, they were able to turn on so many switches and figure it all out. I see a similar type of setup for Penn State when it comes to Drew Aller and Dante Cephas and, and just getting all the other wide receivers in, in sync. The third and last thing that Penn State needs to accomplish, and like it even needs to be said, get healthy. Okay, This is a time to rest the bumps and the bruises. You have UMass, which is a, a good setup before you go to Columbus. It's not like you went from Northwestern, because Northwestern made it a physical game. And then you got to go on the road to the Buckeyes. No, you have this bye week. You have UMass, who is more of a finesse team. They're going to play tough with Don Brown. Don't get me wrong, but they are more of a finesse team. They're not a ground and pound physical style like a Pat Fitzgerald. No, he's not coaching, but that is still the team, the program that he built. Katron Allen was back at practice. We're seeing more progress from Trey Wallace, Amari Evans. Jamie Nelson was carted off the field against Northwestern. Malik Mega has been banged up. Keaton Ellis banged up at the end of that Wildcats game. Penn State's just got to get healthy. And then they got to protect themselves against UMass, but that is the most important part of any bye week. Get more chemistry, get in sync, and get healthy. So those are the three things that they need to do. These are the three things that I want them to do. That's coming up in just a moment. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy all of your tickets to sports music, comedy, theater events, any of them. The game time experience is, is great for users because you get things like flash deals. The flash deals, all you got to do is slide to unlock those flash deals for last minute tickets. And then you get an, a discount on top of that price. Easy way to find and buy tickets for every kind of event. And my favorite feature, the image views of the seats. So you're not second guessing. You don't have to guess before you go into the event where you're going to be sitting at the venue. 
Lowest price guaranteed and event cancellation protection are included. Game time is the place to get last second deals. So get those flash deals on anything from football, basketball, baseball, concert, comedy, theater, and so much more. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code locked on college for $20 off at checkout on your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account. Use promo code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And the Locked On Podcast Network is amping up college football coverage every single week to get you prepared for the slate of games with Locked On College Football Kickoff live every Friday, live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time across all the Locked On College YouTube channels. And then you can find it wherever you get your podcasts on the Locked On College Network. Previewing that weekend slate of games, going over storylines, college football playoff implications. The Nittany Lions have been a frequent topic of discussion since they are a college football playoff contender. Yes, they are. That is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live across every single Locked On College YouTube channel, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You won't want to miss it. Now, these are things just as a spectator, as a college football fan, as a Penn State supporter, that I, I want to see Penn State include more into its game plan. Now, there's uh, a lot of offense here. The defense, like I said, has been almost perfect. It, it's been really good. I do want to see them say, play some better offenses, uh, but I'm glad that the defense is beating up on the inferior opponents. So three things that I want to see, particularly out of the offense. And the first one, more 21 and 22 personnel. Just get two running backs out there on the football field in general. I don't care if it's Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen. I don't care if it's Allen and Potts. I don't care if it's Singleton and Potts. I think that the dynamic aspect of having arguably some of your Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen are your best, including Drew Aller, are your best offensive players in the system. So why not have them on the football field simultaneously and throw Trey Potts into that as well? Trey Potts is averaging over five yards per carry. He's not just some fringe backup. He would have been a starter at Minnesota. So if you need to say, well, the reason Penn State doesn't put Singleton and Allen on the football field at the same time is because they want to preserve their legs. I get that. James Franklin has made that a point. You don't want to ruin the tread on the tires. So that's why you bring in Trey Potts, because then you can cycle in Singleton and Allen then Allen and Potts, then Singleton and Potts, and it all works out. You're going to get your better, pure offensive players all on the football field, and those guys are able to create so much chaos, so much misdirection for defense. I've already talked about this. If you're watching or listening for the first time, you're going to say, wow, this is a really good idea, but the everydayers know, already know about this. Fake the counter, where the inside run to Catron Allen, boom, the defense bites. Then Nicholas Singleton, with all his athleticism in the world, leaks out of the backfield, and you dump it off to him. We've seen it happen a couple of times. I'm saying I want to see it happen more. And I still think you, whether it's Singleton, Allen, Allen Potts, whatever, you can still do it. And Mike Yursich had a lot of success with this and going up-tempo with it when he was the OC, the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. Chuba Hubbard, Justice Hill were the running backs at the time, and it worked out very well. So what's the excuse? Why could, why could those guys do it, but Singleton and Allen can't be on the football field at the same time? I think they're saving it for a, a, a rainy day, a special occasion, if you will. It was very successful there. Singleton and Allen project to be better than Hubbard. And Hubbard and Hill, due respect, they are in the NFL. 
But I think Singleton and Allen project uh, better than those guys do uh, when, when their futures are, are aligned. The next thing I want to see in the offense, maybe Mike Kiersich already has this planned out, more wildcat packages with Bo Prabula. Penn State, I think, needs to run more design plays with Bo and Drew on the field at the same time, again, to create that confusion, that chaos. Bo and Drew, or, or just Bo. I think Drew Aller can come off the field for a play, but I also do imagine maybe Drew taking a snap, pitching it back to Bo Prabula as a lateral, and then Bo, because he has the arm talent, not the same as Drew, not the same as Drew Aller, but still has enough arm talent to be respectable and say that, okay, Bo's not just coming in, to run the football here. It's not an automatic quarterback draw or an option read. He can throw the football similar to Tommy Stevens, but Bo's dual threat ability is too good to keep on the sideline at, at this point. He runs physical. He runs smart. He has really good ball carrier vision. That mobility opens up so many more things be with the passing game. Yes, you, you run to set up the pass. The last thing that I want to include here, the third thing that Penn State should do to, to open up things on the offense, more involvement from Nicholas Singleton in the passing game. Singleton's currently your third leading receiver statistically, 13 receptions, 111 yards, and he had that touchdown against Northwestern on the, the fake the fake Reggie Bush push, right, to, to push, or the Jalen Hurts push, whatever you want to call it, the brotherly shove. Uh, instead of shoving Drew Aller forward, play action fake, and Singleton's speed was too much for the linebackers. And that's the point. Singleton is a matchup nightmare for linebackers in the passing game. Like Saquon Barkley was. And Singleton's had to develop. He came from a run-only offense in high school. And that's fine. It's what worked. You pitch the ball to Singleton, you let him go 80 yards. It's what worked for Governor Mifflin in the state of Pennsylvania. But I think you can do so much with lining him up in the backfield and then motioning him out wide. Who's supposed to cover that? Who's supposed to cover that? You bring down a safety to try to take it away. Okay, then it opens up more with the tight ends or the interior, the middle passing game through the seams. Or you match up a slow linebacker on Nicholas Singleton. Boom, quick pitch and catch on a screenplay, on a slant. It, it works out. He is a matchup nightmare for defense, a scheme nightmare for defense, is a matchup nightmare for linebackers. Line him up at tailback motion them out, and you create so much more with the offense. Hands are much better than last season. We've already seen that, uh, but remember where he came from uh, in a run-only offense. So he's still learning. He's still progressing, but I think he could become a really interesting player when he becomes more of an involved pass catcher in the offense. Same thing we saw with Bar Barkley didn't become an amazing pass catcher when he was a true freshman. It took time for him to get involved in the passing attack before they truly trusted him. We're seeing that same arc for Nicholas Singleton. And a little bit of a side note here for Singleton as well. Singleton, uh, if you look at, I like fantasy football. I like it a lot. I don't play Dynasty though, but I find the rankings interesting because it tells me who the experts are interested in in later times. Well, Nicholas Singleton is currently the second best prospect in the Dynasty rank. Why would you want somebody that you believe is only going to be a good running back? In the NFL and with points per reception and all that stuff, when it comes to fantasy, I'm not going to get too, too much of a tangent here, but the fantasy experts see Nicholas Singleton as the best, the number two prospect overall right now when there's the class of 2023 who are currently rookies, 2024, and then he'd be 2025. Think about that. Number two, and there's three years of rookie dynasty players to evaluate, and he's number two. 
according to that that group of experts. There you have it, my checklist for Penn State coming out of the bye week. Three things that they absolutely need to do and three things that they that I want them to do, right? But I think they will. I think those things are coming up the pipeline for Penn State's offense. Penn State knows its opponents in the Big Ten for 2024 all the way until 2028 with the new schedule release. Ah, there were some big changes uh, in, in this one and some predictions that are just put to put the rest that I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta take on the chin here because the Big Ten decided to add Washington and Oregon and now they flipped everything upside down. Talk about the Big Ten schedule release for the final segment. First, let's hear from another sponsor in today's episode, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs. Pants and shorts make you look good. It's simple as that. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through hot through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get that way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice that all-important movement. We all know about that. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I got a couple of pairs of bird. I keep, I, I said this the last time, I got a couple, but then I got a couple more, and then I got a couple more. So now I have this, uh, this collection of Bird Dog shorts and pants, and I'll tell you what, they are living up to the billing. I wear them very often now. Go to birddogs.com slash college and get a pair yourselves. And with that order, you get a free water bottle included. That's birddogs.com slash college. That's birddogs.com slash college. And with your purchase, you get a free Bird Dogs water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. And Locked On Nittany Lines is privileged and proud to be your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com, Penn State Rivals for all the latest analysis, recaps and previews for Penn State football. Check them out. Also, Penn State men's hockey, Penn State men's basketball, Penn State wrestling coverage and content is there over at happyvalleyinsider.com. In this final segment, I want to talk about the Big Ten schedule release. Now, I'm going to have more of a devoted, in-depth episode to go through the schedule in general, 2024, all the way through 2028. But these are just my initial reactions to the schedule release. Uh, you now, Penn State now knows it's conference opponents for all of 2024 through 2028 and they had some big changes i think the biggest one is a lot of people were excited for usc including myself to to come to happy valley in 2024 i thought that was going to break the stretch of big 10 conference road games and penn state still could i think pat Kraft is going to make the big 10 very aware that penn state cannot open another big 10 schedule on the road for another consecutive year they just can't do it so it's it's going to change but I thought USC was going to be that opponent to open up Big Ten play in 2024, and it would have been the whiteout. It would have been a week three, week four matchup in the Nittany Lions. That would have been quite a historic game for the USC Trojans to come into town like that. Uh, now you don't get the, the benefit of the cold weather, weather, but USC is not coming to Happy Valley until 2026. Penn State's actually got to go out to USC before that. So now instead of the Southern California team coming to Happy Valley, Penn State's got to go out there. That, that's kind of a loss uh, in this instance. Penn State does not play Michigan for a while. There's a few years where they don't play the Wolverines, and they also don't play Ohio State and Michigan in the same year. So that was a point of emphasis that 
the, the Nittany Lions aren't going to have to go up with those tough opponents, but they got Washington, they got Oregon, they got UCLA. The Big Ten schedule uh, is just going to be very tough for not only the Nittany Lions, but a lot of opponents. You are going to get great, high-profile, must-watch TV type of games from here on out, and I think that's why Fox, NBC, CBS really got involved and paid out $1 billion for this because they knew what was coming. But the, the schedule is going to be tough. It's going to be nine conference games of utter bedlam. Penn State, I think the days of college football teams being undefeated are over. The SEC is loading up. The Big Ten's loading up. The, the Big 12, the ACC teams are jumping ship, moving places, right? Pac-12 no longer exists. Uh, but the days of teams going 12-0 and 0 are, are going to be a thing of the past. It's going to be a rarity. You are going to see truly legendary college football teams if they happen to go 12-0 and 0 because at some point you are going to lose. And you have to be more respectful of teams that go 8-4 and four because they are going to be better. And that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. Let me know in the comments where you think Penn State should try to improve coming out of the bye week, the things that they must do, the things that you want to see, just like my checklist, and your thoughts on the Big Ten schedule coming out. 2024 through 2028, we know the next four years of opponents for the Nittany Lions. I will have a new episode devoted more to the schedule release coming up soon, so be on the lookout for that. And for more Penn State football coverage, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.